0: Bow. I could be in bed right now. I could be in bed.
1: I could not be here. That bathroom. sounds sad. It's like nine. Sleep is good. It's cool that you will have a house. Please don't die. I'm constrained. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the DM screen. I'm Alex. I'm Robert. And I'm Matt. And and we did in that you. in the yep. wrong order. <laughs> yeah, that just me the fuck out. <laughs> well, we're doing that one now. Yay. Yep, and welcome in to episode 10. If there are 20 episodes in the queue, you're halfway done.
0: How are we on 10 already?
1: Um, because we recorded nine other ones. Okay. That is, That is how, uh, like, linear progression works. Don't worry, yes. it only took us like six months. Is that counting the game labs? The game labs don't count. No, they're not up yet. They were destroyed. I don't think we've ever mentioned that on the feed, no, so... No, and I'm editing this out. Yeah, thanks for shadow launching. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so today's topic, um, not everyone wants to make their own setting, like we've talked about previously, and that's
1: perfectly fine. Yeah, it was mentioned a lot in the world-building episode. Exactly.
0: So I wanted to... I thought it'd be good to circle back around and say, you don't always have to make your own, so how do you pick the right pre-made
1: setting for you? It's a good question, because creating a setting is incredibly daunting for a new player or the whole reason they got into the game so we're talking to the first people right now yeah because right. anyone that feels up to making their own and next time they look around they have 45 pages of backstory a map and their own wiki page they're fine they don't need us yeah right. they're better than us a Man. lot of why we got into this i think uh i think all of us did this was sitting around reading books that we really enjoyed and going, now who would I be in this universe? Right. Man, how would I have stabbed that dude?
0: Exactly. Um, for at least a lot of people our age, I feel like Forgotten Realms or Lord of the Rings would have been the first Point of Contact.
1: Uh, Star Wars is a big one as well. Star Wars? Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, obviously now there's more stuff. Like, in, like I can, off the top of my head, think of a lot of young adult settings, like books that would be really cool settings, except for that one...
1: Who would I be in Westeros? Yeah, Who would I be yeah, well, in uh, Carnival Row? The one. I'm being top of The Hunger Games. Row. Yeah, what the hell is a Carnival Row? It's about what if the Irish were fairies, but we still oppress them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's the fantasy supplement to Dairy Girls, then. Yes, and somebody fucks a satyr, and it's the only thing I wanted from that series, and it worked great. I'm okay, you're gonna need to take that back about twenty percent. Hold on. <laughs>
0: Okay, let's dial back the horny.
1: No, okay. Watch the series and you'll understand why I needed that to happen. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) I feel like we could defend him here being like, it's not that he wanted to fucky Sager. I didn't
0: He wanted to watch it on his television screen is what he wanted.
1: Yeah. And there's a lot of (laughs) subparts. You're laughing at me, but I was like chanting in favor of this happening when I was, when they were uh, doing so what well, they won't think. was
0: this like a clothing optional chant,
1: or? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm an adult. <laughs> okay. Also, also, it's on Netflix, he's in the comfort of his own house. It's on house. Amazon Prime. That's Which why is, there's titties. It's just less good Netflix then. I mean, Yeah. It's moving right along. They've got to have something that's good, right?
0: No. Well, I guess they have Seder fucking.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think Mister Robot was good. Who knows? I I've know. heard good things about Mister Robot, but I haven't watched it because I don't watch a lot of television. I only watch this because someone else suggested it, and I went, "Yeah, okay." Anyways, uh,
0: let's talk about picking our setting, like we're supposed to, and not, you know.
1: Well, okay. Let's talk about uh, Sators. What the benefits of using <laughs> what <created> would you? <laughs> setting...
0: What do you look for in your Seder,
1: Alex? <laughs> Over I'm about the hooves. a uh, self-created <laughs> setting. Because there's, like, a generic setting implied by most games right. that don't come with one. Like, um, even if you don't play in the Forgotten Realms, there's a generic setting I- uh, implied by the Dungeons & Dragons book because they explain to you how elves work and how dwarves right. work. And you could just be like, okay, you're in a farming village. And Everyone yeah. who's read the book knows how, how a dwarf do. Right.
0: And some, set- some systems have a hyper-specific settings. Like... I would say obviously the Warhammer ones. Yeah. Um, one could argue Shadowrun kinda is Definitely. Now, Shadowrun, when you're saying...
1: Cyberpunk, Mutant um, Year Zero, uh, I'm gonna stop naming them now. Yeah. Now when you say there's a very specific world to work in here, how like what parts of it are you talking about? Do you mean like the rules within a universe? Just being like, here this is the time period we're in, you have this junk. Dwarves do this, or are we talking super specific? Here's a map and a history book.
0: So some of them do tend towards the mo- the latter, like Warhammer or Forgotten Realms. Or I have Forgotten the history books. Yeah, <laughs> I oh, have yeah, you're several too. I think you gave me one of those. Uh,
1: yeah, Something I gave you uh, running the realms. Right. Uh, I actually is. recently came into a copy of the. Uh, um, The Forgotten Realms chronology, which is just... Just a... It's just a timeline of everything up to, like, 13-something or other, right before it gets really stupid. Right. Uh, So
0: some of them have that level of stuff. Like, Warhammer charts it back to pre-31st millennium, when it takes place in the 40th. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: But that's not always the case. Technically,
1: the fantasy one is in the same universe, so... It's not quite you. It's not... It's sort of. (laughs) Alternate universe. They, uh... (laughs) They take place within the same multiverse.
0: I'll I'll allow that. Yeah. i can go for
1: that. But you can't, like, without fucking up real bad, you can't, like, take a spaceship from anywhere in Warhammer 40k and land on the same planet that Warhammer Fantasy is happening in. Keldor Drago could fuck right off. (laughs) And the Lizardmen do not take a spaceship, they go through the warp.
0: No, I think they took a spaceship out of the New End Times. Took a spaceship out? Oh, fuck me. Yeah, I think they do, if I remember properly.
1: Look, I haven't read the End Times. Because that one's wrong. Yeah. No, storm of chaos happened and we were fine. Yeah, uh, so this, I'm still here. It's okay. We're gonna get to this <laughs> is relevant to a point we're gonna get to in a minute. What we're trying to talk to talk about right now is why use a created setting. I can think of a couple of good reasons. Uh, one of them is because you have a setting you really want. You just have a setting you really want to play in. Um, we're playing a game right now that's set in uh, um, the Cowboy Bebop universe because I watched Cowboy Bebop and went. It's a pretty dope setting. I mean, right. the thing there is that it's very tangentially connected. Like, it, yeah, again, with that, we're not really doing anything that ties back to the stuff that already existed. We're not running into established characters or anything. I it's mean, just very similar. You are. Your whole, like, story is based on the 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 fundamental aspects of the setting. Earth exploded. There are warp gates. Uh, it's I a mean, kind of a corporate dystopia. That's fair. It's super gate crashy. Anyway. Yeah. Like, you're, you're t- you're, the, the setting matters a lot, uh, and it uh, has a, a pretty strong influence on like what's available to you as far as spaceships or guns and what have you are concerned. But we're decidedly lacking in smooth jazz. Yeah. Well, no, we played the smooth jazz while we were playing the game. <laughs> it was really quiet. I don't count it. <laughs> the moral of the story uh, is that I came to do this from, we had a setting we really wanted to play. Um... I think that's a valid that's a valid way to do it. I think it's also valid to be like, I don't want to make a setting. I want to make a story, Right. but I don't want to make a setting. I'm going to find a setting that will allow me to pick a, a story that I want, to tell a story that I want to tell.
0: Because for a lot of people, the time and energy that goes into making your own setting can be too much. I'm doing it now and it is killing me. <laughs> um, it's, you know, not everyone's going to be into it. Um, and it lets you kind of set the boundaries for what can happen in the world, too. Because if something goes completely off the rails, you can point to a book or a movie and be like, hey, no, this is is where we are, this is how it works.
1: Yeah, it doesn't work in here. It's not just me saying it. It's the established canon of this larger world that you can't cast this spell, or you can't, like... Do this thing, or supervillains don't kill children, or what have you. Which
0: is useful when you have new people, yeah, and because because it gives the players a sense of security too, where they know exactly the space they're moving in. Which is why I think that uh, pre-made settings are particularly attractive to new DMs and new groups, um, because like there are crazies out there like Matt who just started making his own right away, but for your average consumer, I feel like you know having a Forgotten Realms, and if you need to pull. An important character with gravitas into your story. It's useful to have a stable of those that are pre-written that you don't have to make up yourself entirely, because you know not everyone can write, but you can still play D and D or role-playing games. So that's not a requirement. Like, the think... whole
1: point of it is to get creative juices flowing. You don't have to start there. It's totally fine. Right. In fact, you don't have to get there. It's not really an end goal.
0: Yeah. I like, would... It's not
1: like you're a better DM if you invented the world and drew your own map. It's right. fine. As a
0: player, I would happily exist in Forgotten Realms for an extended period of time.
1: Yeah, fuck. I'll go back to Middle yeah. Earth. Those are fun. Yeah, those are great. You guys are touching on a really important thing that it's much easier to convey information to your players about the setting as a whole when you don't have to write the entire dissertation and you just be like no just read lord of the rings right like read read a wikipedia article about lord of the rings you are interested in the met and you want to play like a, a wizard here read this wikipedia article read you want this to go, like comic book
0: you got big questions about this city wiki article
1: if anything using an existing setting especially for earlier parts of a game or for somewhat newer people running games is probably a better idea, because then you can focus on actually having the game inside it, so you can... It's more of, like, a micro-economy of shit going on. So, like, you can focus on, what are our people doing this week, rather than, what did this Duke do 900 years ago? Right. Look, I wrote it down. Oh, you're not reading it.
0: That's a good point. It lets you direct, as a DM, all your energy towards your players, rather than having to, you know, spend a portion or most of it running a world that they're existing in.
1: I'm gonna be honest, if I'm trying to set up my own setting, um, about 80% of my planning is trying to think of names for NPCs. It's why I just don't have any anymore. Do post-apocalypse! You need, like, three people for the whole country.
0: (laughs) Mine's naming geographic shit and, like, towns. I don't know why I struggle with that so hard. I'm like... I have a lot of fun with both of those. Yeah, but are you doing, like,
1: uh... Warhammer-type stuff? Can't we just just use German-sounding things? It'll be fine. Yeah, but... A lot of Vons and Bergs... I borrow a lot from, like, real-world naming conventions from, uh, uh, like, cultures I expect my players to be unfamiliar with. Right. But um, we're not talking about creating settings right now. No, we're talking about... Um, um... I... So, another important thing that's very cool about a created setting is that if it's someone that everyone's familiar with, you can put cool people from that setting that they're excited to see in it. And that's, like, both the sort of thing that we all go... About, but at the same time, it's basically what we want. But if I
0: get to chill with Wolfgar in the Forgotten Realms, I'm pretty pleased.
1: Yeah, uh, we played um, we played a Wheel of Time game, and you guys ended up in the main city when that like parade happens where Logain is going through the city, and Ash was just losing her mind about how cool that was.
0: <laughs> we there's... played that a uh, Dark Heresy campaign where that White Scar Space Marine kept showing up slightly too late. <laughs> was still cool. Yeah, but
1: yeah, no, there's a delicate balance here. A great example. For the opposite. Now, I'm not going to go against this, because, let's be honest, fan service is fun. It's it's cool. You can go for it, and you're not making a profit off this, so no one's going to sue you. But, sometimes, it can be dumb. Uh, do you guys remember, uh, let's go to the realm of Vigi games for this. Vigie. Yeah. Uh, back on the PS2 and all of them, uh, there was a Lord of the Rings RPG, The Third Age. I which, do remember this. Yeah, where you played as just, like, a fake fellowship, and you were basically just like, Thirty minutes behind the Fellowship at all times. I do. Remember. That wasn't great. Yeah. yeah. Like, look. Oh, and you're also at Helm's Deep. Or oh, look, Gandalf is fighting the Balrog, and you help.
0: Yeah. See that? That's the. That's. I think. Yeah. The balance you have to strike. Because you, if you're in a pre-existing setting, you should utilize it to its full potential by giving players those big wow moments. You know, but you don't want that. Where it's like... Yeah, like, don't take the actual
1: plot points, but you, can't, you can have similar you things. You can have
0: Drizzt coming out of the cave every once in a while, like, right in front of you. He's like, I had a bunch of drought. took care of him. you're like, cool.
1: I do like the idea that he's just randomly drinking at every bar you go to. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that seems like more of an Elminster thing, but I'm still into it. the um, the The counterpoint to Third Age is Lord of the Rings: War in the North.
0: Oh, we are just doing other stuff, right? Yeah,
1: where you're oh, yeah. you are part of an established group in the lore, the Rangers and others in the North who are charged by Gandalf with like slowing the expansion of evil there. Yeah, uh, but you're so you're very important, but you're not. Part of the main story, so you get to do your own thing, and it's also cool. And you do meet some of the main characters, like you meet Elrond at one point, well after the Fellowship have already left yeah, there. Yeah, he's just chilling. Yeah, you 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 meet like his thing. I think you he's meet just Gwair, the uh, eagle, actually. <laughs> like you rescue him at one. point Elrond's oh, like, I,
0: I've solved this shit once. It's time for you losers to do it. Rivendell's dope. I'm staying here in my weird.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna chill in my bathrobe, and if I happen to die next year, so be it. <laughs> Please throw that in the fucking volcano this time.
0: Why didn't Elrond help out?
1: Uh, I mean, if you're gonna go that route, why didn't you just push a Sildur in?
0: Because he's his buds. There's, like, a lot
1: of ancient elf kings in Lord of the Rings who don't do a whole lot during the actual
0: war. This is true, yes.
1: Yeah. Maybe (laughs) there's, like, some, like, amnesty laws we don't know about. (laughs) Look, you get one. You fight one dark war, and then you retire. He
0: he checked that box, and in the... Look,
1: I killed the physical Sauron. You can deal with a fucking light break, okay? (laughs) He was real. I had to punch him.
0: Point point was... Do the war in the north don't do the uh, the third age thing yeah um,
1: fan, fan service when used sparingly is amazing
0: now there are some dangers uh, picking your own setting uh, we have a couple listed here and one that I thought was interesting
1: was um, it says people who take it too seriously so I had a, I had a lot of there are a lot of potential issues uh, with a pre-existing setting and all of them are about the relation of different players to each other or to you, the DM. I was going to say, like, what are the... So is this just going to be the issue of, like, glasses pushing, well, actually, type people? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, well, that's one side of it. What you want is a decent uh, a, a decent range of people who are invested in the setting. Like, it's okay if one person knows more about it than everyone else, as long as the others are still interested. Um, you, you can run into trouble if... You have a player who really, really cares about and identifies with the setting, and, like, you don't so much, you just picked it because it sounded kind of fun. Right. Uh, You can run into trouble if you really care about and identify with the setting, and your players, like, keep playing Warhammer 40K and asking why they can't just have bolt rifles. Right. No, it's fine. Like, they make a bunch of them. Just give me one.
0: I think the thing here is about caring about at least when I thought, thought about this, is caring about the integrity of the setting yeah. and how rigidly it's being enforced by either the dungeon master, the DM, or the player. Uh, because it's no fun to have... The thing about even using a pre-existing setting, much like using one you've made yourself, is you still have to be flexible, right? Because not everyone's going to know all the rules of everything in this world as yeah. well as you do, or as well as your you know player does. So everyone has to be willing to... Be flexible uh, and kind of give breathing room for you know maybe not to follow the lore exactly. Don't give them bolt rifles.
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> but I want one. There's there's usually a way within any setting to find something, however kind of odd, because players are usually uh, unique characters. To find something that will will mollify both parties don't give them a bull rifle, but if they're, like, a cool person, uh, maybe they get, like, an experimental admec gun that they, they're still trying to, like, tweak the, um, the, the, uh, Machine. STC for.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, if you're playing the Forgotten Realms and somebody's like, I wanna be, like, you know what, Forgotten Realms does pretty much anything, everything. Yeah. You know what, I wanna play in the Forgotten Realms, but I wanna be a care. I wanna be, uh, one of the GIF, one of the hippo men from, uh, fucking Spelljammer. Well, technically, <laughs> you can figure out a way to make that work. Uh, I mean, the whole point of Spelljammer is that you can bring your Dungeons & Dragons characters into space. Yeah, It's actually, the same system. Like, one of the opening things is, And your party got abducted by aliens! Here's the laser rifle. Fuck off. Yeah, those gifts are basically everywhere. So you can just be like, okay, you're a hippo man who was abandoned on Faeron. Just move on with your life. Right. Um, there's There's ways to do it. I'm not sure there's always... The compromise might end up being kind of not fun for someone. Uh, I'm remembering. I, I know this has happened a couple of times. I'm trying to fig- to remember one of them specifically where there was something in the world that somebody wanted, like playing in like a low magic setting, but they want to be a playing like a Conan game, but they want to be like a like a war like a powerful warlock, and you're just like, it's not really like a player thing, right? Well, yeah, trying to figure out approximate power levels in an existing world is going to be tricky because there's a chance that whatever system you're using might not apply to that. Like an example is I'm sure every third Dungeons and Dragons campaign takes place in Middle Earth. Just it's an easy place to go. It's a very established thing but I've seen people do the math on the actual like major characters in Lord of the Rings and no one is above like fifth level of yeah. going off normal D&D stuff. So, if you play this game for more than a few months, you're basically gods. See, I've gone the entire... It's been a while since I've done the math, but last time I looked at it in, like, 3rd edition, everyone was, like, 20th level.
0: They solo a lot of orcs.
1: Yeah. They're, yeah. They're, they're wiping out, like, just hordes of people. That's fair. I guess they're all decently high-level in martial classes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's no... <laughs> Okay, that's so... A, that's a
1: low magic setting. Yeah, I think what we're getting at here is that I'm, I'm pretty sure the rest of the Fellowship is a higher level than Gandalf. <laughs> Gandalf is pretty shit, but he lucked out Gandalf in that the, he's one of, like, four people in the campaign that drafted a wizard.
0: He is literally one of the four wizards that exist. Yeah, and <laughs> I like the idea
1: There were Gandalf. the blue wizards, but they just, they left. I like the idea one of, of the five, Yeah, guy. one of the five wizards, too, which were the blue wizards.
0: I like that he's, like, level five.
1: Yeah, like, he ain't shit. He's the guy that showed up that okay. said
0: he'd start playing and played for, like, a two months then showed up a year later when all his friends are, like, tw-
1: 15th level. Just because that's so. literally what happened <laughs> in the books. No, wait. Here's the thing. You can do this if you play the setting right, because that's what happens in Dragonlance. Uh, if you have a low-level magic user in a setting where they're basically the only wizard, they're still an incredibly powerful force to be reckoned with. Racelin is like a level 1 wizard at the beginning of uh, Dragonlance. He's legitimately a level 1 wizard at the beginning of Dragonlance. But because he's the only guy around who can cast Sleep, he's (laughs) still an incredibly fucking powerful wizard. (laughs) He casts Magic Missile like once and then has to take a nap. And people are still (laughs) like, holy shit, you killed three goblins. (laughs) Uh,
0: So I think this is touching on the second point, which is people who don't take it seriously enough. Yeah. Because... Yeah, trying to become a great wizard in a low magic setting is really not taking, like, the kind of source material seriously in its own way.
1: Um, Well, it depends on how you're going about it. I guess, but... but Expecting to become a great wizard. Expecting. You can
0: say, my goal is to become a great
1: wizard, but not say, I am. Yeah, like, there are Conan the Barbarian tabletop games. Yes. um, A setting where magic is incredibly frowned upon and dangerous and bad. Where you can play as various magic people, and it's bad and dangerous and dumb, but hilarious. But it's there, is the thing. Right. I think you have to. You very much have to have a conversation about themes.
0: Themes is one of the big things I think that um, is going to be a big decider on which setting you're going to go with.
1: Yeah, because there there are some places that are much more rigid and serious. Right. Like honestly, if you're getting characters like that who are just going against whatever you're doing. Fuck it, we're in Discworld now. (laughs) I was gonna say, the, the, uh... Is there a Discworld game? Can we play that? There are several, um, but they are GURPS, so absolutely not. No. Ah, GURPS. No, I'm a pass. Yeah. You ever tried to drive a vehicle in (laughs) GURPS? Don't. At at least, at least in, in like, Dark Heresy, when you try to drive a vehicle, it just kills you immediately and you're done. (laughs) Yeah, no, the thing there is that in a game like that, driving a vehicle is hard for the character.
0: Not in really. GURPS,
1: driving a vehicle is hard for <laughs> the player. <laughs> there are so many fucking charts, it's easier to learn to drive a real vehicle. So, the other major danger is, other than the people who aren't engaging with the themes, is people who aren't learning about the world, or who know way more about the world. You're... This is, I feel like, almost more of a problem because you can definitely get people to kind of, like, invest in a theme. Like, no, we're playing this cyberpunk world. Uh, Everything's gritty. Everything's dark. Life is cheap. We're all just trying to make our way in the world. All right, cool. We're on the same page. Let's go. Okay, and then you go. But um, if you're playing in, like, Shadowrun and you, the DM, have read every word anyone's ever written about Shadowrun, and are one of the people who got mentioned in Dunkle's on the will, uh... And then you're like, oh, I'm gonna make an intricate campaign that, like, references all of these things, and uh, works with all these things, and they'll figure out this cool stuff because of this thing, and this other thing, and they'll look into this, and your player's like, oh man, I could be, like, an orc? That's cool, give me a gun. Uh, you're not having Excuse a fulfilling me. time. If... You're playing it and like you draw you pick a character whose name you know and you do something with them and one of your player goes, No, they died two years ago.
0: That's also not fun.
1: Yeah, that's also not fun because you're you're breaking their immersion. It works best in a scenario where everyone's got a similar either a similar understanding of the universe or where at least a couple of people have the same amount of understanding. And everyone else is receptive, but maybe less uh, uh, knowledgeable. I was playing in the Legend of the Five Rings game for quite a while, where the DM basically knew everything. Right. Uh, I knew I had a pretty good knowledge of a subset of it, and a couple of other people have heard about it. And so, like, we got the themes down, and then anytime somebody like expressed an idea to do something that was outside of the way that things actually worked, the DM would just kind of go, "Well, actually, this is how you would do that."
0: Right, and if you are one of those people who know a bunch, always remember to give other people wiggle room. Yeah. It's not great when they they start to bend stuff, but, again, we're all trying to have fun, and you wagging your finger at them and telling them, well, this guy died two years ago just kind of blows.
1: Yeah, there's really no fun to be had with dramatic irony. Like, you should not go into a world knowing what's going to happen in the future and then judge your character accordingly. See, I was going to say... Don't correct the DM at the table, but otherwise, it's probably a good idea to correct folk uh, with a mis- with a, a misunderstanding of the facts of the setting in like a like a respectful way. Explain right. that like, well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Nope, you know what, I'm sticking with that. Explain that, well, actually, what happened is this, but, like, here's a way that it could have happened, like, this this thing could still be happening, or, like, here's a way that maybe we could do the thing you want to do. Uh, I'm a pretty big stickler for... Really? Uh, ...setting integrity, uh, which is why I am the alternative voice on this one.
0: I never would have guessed, Matt. Yeah, like, I'll
1: cut you and your whole face. Like I'm the contrapoint here, because for established worlds, I prefer mine of the like, Kingdom Hearts variety, where clearly even the writers don't know what's going on most of the time. Uh, you can't do a world wrong if the people that created it do it wrong. Look,
0: I... That's why old Warhammer is so fun. It's so fucked up. Like, <laughs> just make up
1: shit. It's fine. Even even new Warhammer, there's, like, six different timelines. Yeah. Um, How many times have the gods died by now? 3 I was like three. Anyways, yeah, three. That's, That's not too bad. Um, the moral of this story is that uh what the fuck was i talking about
0: dude i don't know you've gotten you became what we're fighting against and then it all went off
1: the rails look it's important setting integrity is important um is it to me (laughs) (laughs) if i know something about a world i want it to stay that way that's i remember now that said (laughs) i've been a fan of star wars for a very long time so i'm very very good at at coming up with internally consistent logic for why this new weird thing happened, even though there wasn't a good reason for it. If you ever see me at like a con, ask me about my explanation for why the Boba Fett in the prequels and the Boba Fett and the, in the uh, original trilogy are not the same person. Yeah, that's but, a good way uh, to get him away from us for a bit. <laughs> but, uh, so as long as they're wiggle room, I, can, I will come up with an explanation for you as to why this thing was possible. What a very cool and hip thing to spend your time doing. Now the thing uh, there is that Hey, are we recording a podcast about how to dungeon master games I'm, better? Ugh. Occasionally. <laughs> Alright. Now the thing there is that this sounds like you're homebrewing a lot of stuff here. It's Does not this... homebrew if it's internally consistent with the cannon. Well, uh, are head cannons really like part of an established world though? Because it sounds like you're sort of playing fast and loose with the established things here. It doesn't matter as long as it doesn't contradict the established world and it makes the players or DM happy and fulfilled with the experience. Okay, well what if there was something that would overall benefit the game but goes against the internal lore of whatever world you're using? If you want to play with a setting uh, and you want to change something that you know you're going to change? Establish it beforehand the way you would any other house rule. Fuck yeah, build that multiverse.
0: Yeah, okay, that we're all makes... from
1: Middle Earth 2. <laughs> that actually brings me back to Legend of the Five Rings because the original publishers took it like it a takes thousand place years
0: in Middle Earth two, <laughs> a thousand years
1: into the future, and then the new publishers rolled it all the way back to like. Uh, a thousand years ago And we're just like, okay, we're back at the beginning of the setting All that other weird shit didn't happen Good luck, you guys uh, That's the whole point of Eberron Is that uh, all of the novels are non-canon The setting book is canon And um, Everything that happens in your game Happens in your version of Eberron Eberron is one of the Third edition Dungeons and Dragons places There's like golems and shit, right? 3.5 Magipunk punk's a bad word it's got electro-trains. There's probably airships. Probably? I haven't actually checked recently. So, it's about a multiverse. There, are, air there are airships. Eberron isn't about a multiverse. You just... You just said we all have our own version. No. A Eberron, multitude of universes. Eberron allows you to play in a world that is canon to your campaign because there is no contradictory canon. Oh, they just killed all the books, so now nothing can be wrong. To be fair, the books were... No, they still burst all the books... Uh, all the books take place in non-canon timelines. Different timelines. So one may say a multitude of them. <laughs> I said multiverse. <laughs> I just said it wasn't it's not like It's not a requirement? It's not mar, it's not fucking Marvel. You're not gonna hop between them. It's The game doesn't take place in a multiverse. The game takes place in Eberron. But your version of Eberron is canon to your group. This is very good. I'm glad this is being recorded. I'm going to kill both of you. (laughs) (laughs) And they're never going to find the bodies. So,
0: let's, uh, how are we doing on time? Hold Um, on. Yeah. Button. Button. Half hour. Halfway point. So let's go ahead and move on to how to to pick your setting. Because we talked about why to use it, the dangers
1: of using it. I think oh, I've man. adequately demonstrated the dangers inherent yeah. in we, picking an established setting we let, because most of them are me. We let Matt
0: just spin his wheels so hard on Eberron <laughs> for a second there.
1: I don't even like him It was <laughs> <laughs> adorable because if we had a game in this setting, he would have gone through all of this internally, and we would have just shown up and been like, "Cool, I'm a monk. I can, I can, Where am a, I again? I could be a robot monk. Done." Yeah so I'll just be like Okay sure I can make this happen Yeah and you're over here like Okay no it's super interesting Because yeah no that's great So do I get like an armor bonus For being a robot? Congru- and then you cry on the inside Congratulations on describing I'm gonna go with 60% of uh, the My personal setting That you guys were in Yeah pretty much Mostly James James I love you But I really appreciate the fact That every time I give you A set of like requirements You figure out a way to uh, uh, Sort them out for those of you who are unfamiliar, I have made a rule that anyone who shows up to my table with a warlock gets put in a sack and hurled into the ocean, so James made a triton warlock who can breathe <laughs> underwater. <laughs> I did appreciate that. Well. I also like that as soon as our little group was playing a game you were not running, oh wait, no, sorry, you are not playing as the warlock, but we do have one again, and who would have guessed it is James? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you've played a warlock at some point. I want to see the dark shame that you foster. Oh yeah, no. Uh in in uh, Adventurers League, the uh uh current RPGA for Dungeons and Dragons, I immediate my third character was a uh dragonborn warlock. Well, yeah, because Deep you monster. go like you go like horror yourself out to Cthulhu so you can fire flaming skulls at people. No, it's he's great. pretty He's a dragonborn warlock of uh, Maliki. He's pretty sure he's a pal- he's a nature paladin, but he took a lot of like hits to the head back in his soldier days. Look, I go into the woods and <laughs> I commune a... with something that's more powerful than me. He's... That's what nature clerics do, right? He's technically a warlock of Maliki's unicorn, so like a god's pet. <laughs> yeah, because okay. you, can, you can be a warlock of an archfey.
0: Yeah. That tracks.
1: Yeah, all right. I'll go with that. Yeah. You know, that sounds way better than some of the other ones. Look, even my dumb bullshit is internally consistent to the setting. Okay. Go on, please. No, that's about all I have. All right. Um, Okay, so how do do we pick the setting? Let's talk
0: about something that I'm very passionate about. Let's talk about the actual system within the setting, which is to say the dice that you use. I cannot stand any setting that does not use D20s, or D percentile. Okay, that's my personal preference, and that's where I start with any setting that's pitched to me. I know that's kind of crazy. I know there are good settings out there without that, well, but for me, that's step one.
1: So, point of order: you're kind of conflating system and setting here. You can, well, actually, you can play. You, know. A, you can play. <laughs> you can play in a setting in a system that's not designed for the setting.
0: Yes, but bare bones. What we're saying here is, new people. We're not going to. Ha- we're not advocating for new people to bolt a D twenty set system into a
1: book that calls to use base D six. We started with talking about playing in Middle Earth and Dungeons and Dragons, and I don't know what kind of insanity has infected you since then. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like. A a setting can be rules agnostic. You can just layer it. My brain,
0: because most people, let me explain myself, will be working out of a book they bought. My brain, for the purposes of this part of the podcast, said that each setting, generally, if you can find it in most major fantasy settings, you can find books on it. Will come prepackaged with its own system.
1: That's fair. I actually have a division in the. Uh, I did notes. not
0: understand that section, so that. This would is be...
1: exactly what I was talking about. Was picking if you pick a a system with a setting you like, or pick a setting with a system you like.
0: Oh, that's what that means. Yeah, oh. the exact
1: thing you're talking about right here, where uh, you you look at a setting and go, I really like this because the way that this game plays. I'm really interested in. Uh, Blades in the Dark is a game that's come out very recently, which is a it's it's Dishonored the role playing game. Okay. Oh, sweet! Yeah, it's actually pretty dope. Um, I haven't played it, and I probably won't, but uh, it looks really cool. The premise is that you are some group of uh, thie- like thieves in a Victorian mage punk uh, like electro steampunky setting. Uh, you're here to murder people and steal things. The system is designed to make that setting work. Basically, the only thing that you can do in it, in like a really firm gameplay context, is heists. Right. Uh, there are downtime activities, but they're very, the mechanically they're very simple. They're like I'm going to build a ship in a bottle, uh, and then you roll like one dice or right. like one test, and then it it has some mechanical effect afterwards, but uh, the heists are the main, the most important part of that. Uh, the Firefly and Serenity role-playing games, or whatever. They are, they are games where... Are those two different? Is technically, there, yes. There's a separate Serenity tabletop game? Uh, the Serenity tabletop game was created first because Joss Whedon had the rights to Serenity, but not Firefly. That <laughs> uh, <laughs> confuses me beyond human reckoning. And he hooked up with Margaret Weiss Productions, Margaret Weiss being uh, the woman behind Dragonlance and a bunch of really fucking great games based on existing properties, and created a game that will allow you to be not necessarily Malcolm Reynolds, but you can definitely be Malcolm Minolds, or like <laughs> that one guy with the big mustache uh, in the episode, the second episode with the lady in it. I didn't, I don't. It's been a while. I didn't. Or you could you be know, basically... a different Irish gangster named after a small mammal. Yeah, basically you can be on a crime ship. Right. It is a very good game for being on a crime ship in a westernish space sci-fi thing. There's it doesn't do anything else. Right. Well, it doesn't need to do anything else. It's what they wanted to do. The supernatural role-playing game, which you will not be able to get a hold of, exists to allow you to be Fred and Derek Colt <laughs> and go fuck up ghosts. <laughs> Uh now, I while we're going over that Because but... yeah, you mentioned that I remember that basically It's surprising how many random ass shows On the CW have their own RPG systems
0: They're passionate like, fan no,
1: bases No like there's that The next one I thought of was the Dresden Files I don't think that was actually on that network But it's basically the same show There's mm. a fucking Smallville game really? The Smallville game is amazing But it's just DC but less No the Smallville I want to play as the teenage version of Red B. Make it happen So, a friend of mine actually used the Smallville game to run a Gotham High School game where uh, one player was playing as Wildcat, secretly being the gym teacher, and everyone else was one of, like, the Bat-era sidekicks. No, it's Bruce Wayne and then his three triplet twins. But uh, small. the first thing you do in Smallville is Triplet put out like a big fucking sheet of butcher paper on the table the and start drawing connections.
0: And You could have let that one slide, too. Cause I, I was, was trying
1: to save you, my friend. <laughs> Why would you let me get away with this?
0: I, I totally missed it. There's a lot said, of ways. <laughs> fucking go with
1: it. My brain said, that's like six people, and then just moved on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's two pairs of triplets. Triplet. No, it's, no, it's three pairs of twins. No, now there's twelve! <laughs> I can't <add>. have <laughs> How many Bruce Waves do you want? Oh
0: goodness. Okay, You've destroyed us all. Let's get us let's get us back to systems some
1: Smallville is a good game that adequately uh, adequately mm. models interactions between <laughs> characters and lets you play like.
0: Why are we still talking sitcom?
1: about Smallville? The Dresden Files games. We like talking about random ass games. The Dresden Files game starts with you creating the city that your characters are going to play in, and corrobor- uh, collaboratively creating the power bases and factions within it. There are a lot of systems out there that really complement the setting they're packaged with. You don't always have to use a system with that's the setting. where we are. Okay. <laughs> See, these are right. examples of a setting... or This is the examples of an established setting, but you can kind of ditch it if you would rather use these mechanics for an original thing. So yeah. we're kind of doing the opposite right now. Well, it also goes the other direction. You can... If you really like this setting, there might be a game that's uh, out there for it. That's what Swagger was talking about. Um, if there's a, a, a game... He was talking about basically, he only plays uh, D percentile or D20 games
0: because they're the best.
1: Uh, I'm gonna sell you on 2D6 at some point. No, he won't. <laughs> it's, a, it's such a good probability curve. Nah, uh uh-uh. uh. But if you like a setting, look for a game that's been produced for it. They're not all winners, they don't all do a perfect job. Some are gerps. Uh, some, are, some, are GURPS. some are the GURPS versions of it. Yeah, I'm just going to blanket statement this, um, and I'm really sorry to my friends who work at Steve Jackson Games. If you're new to playing role-playing oh, games, no. or experienced at playing role-playing games, <laughs> <I> would, <laughs> if you are not like psychically linked with the plane of role-playing games, I would suggest avoiding GURPS. The idea of a universal role-playing game system that can run anything is a good one. It's even a brave one. Yeah, no, that is a it is a a laudable goal that they did not six su- that they technically reached. <laughs> it you run any game. It's not playable by any human. <laughs> it has the to you experienced players out there who, for whatever reason, haven't checked out GURPS yet. It has one second combat rounds.
0: I forgot about that and it hurt me.
1: Hard no. In the in the uh, example combat in GURPS Third Edition, someone starts a six word sentence in one combat round and finishes it in the second.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, so system settings. Do we have anything else on that? Because I have one thing that's near and dear to my heart. I have put in bright purple on our list. I was going to talk I...
1: about. I was going to talk about the logical conclusion of your uh, thought on like these are the set the systems I would play with. Um, which is that if you find a, uh, a system and setting, it doesn't mean that you have to use that system to play that setting. I have um, a lot of respect for the 3rd edition Dungeons & Dragons uh, fucking uh, Starship Troopers role-playing game. <laughs> because it is one of the best military-focused role-playing games I've seen in a long time. And I have uh, co-opted a lot of the system information in that for playing uh, more military-focused games in other settings, right? Uh, like the Star Wars D20 games are great, and I love them. But if I want to play a stormtrooper-focused campaign, with okay, like they
0: won't come pre-packaged with everything you need, so you crib stuff from.
1: Yeah. Okay. In fact, in fact, I kind of I I went really hard on it I took I took the core mechanics of the uh, um, of the uh, Starship troopers. troopers one and just cribbed, me- cribbed stuff from Star Wars like I made okay. the, I made some enemies like use the Star Wars stats but so. the players are all core uh, Starship Troopers right so how was how is that as far as balancing is concerned like have you noticed that anything got like jacked up between the games uh, it works out pretty well for what I'm doing with it Conveniently, they're both both based on the 3rd Edition D20 system, so like they're not that far apart. If you're doing something like, I'm going to take um, like old-school Rolemaster Middle-Earth role-playing things and convert them to uh, Apocalypse World, or Powered by the Apocalypse Dungeon World, which is what I'm actually using for uh, Middle-Earth role-playing, It's going to be, like, a a couple of extra steps, but this, at least, is is very compatible. So
0: you can pick a mix with, like, swap systems and stuff, but there's also something to be said for just sticking to, like I do. It's like, hey, this is what it comes with, this is what it is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I
0: think it's just a a very... It just depends on who you are.
1: Yeah, or just how much you're really concerned about using a thing that exists. Because, honestly, with enough flavor text, you can use any system. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's correct. It... Enough flavor text, and uh, I think I think the system feel matters a lot. Like, I don't think I would play a Conan RPG with Fifth Edition Dungeons and Dragons just because everyone's like moderately magical. Right. That's fair. Or like, you probably wouldn't it, want to run a super action oriented game in one of the Powered by the Apocalypse settings because they're not really combat focused. Yeah, you don't want to. Like, I don't know, like. I was about to say, like, I don't think a game set like, The Matrix would work with that, but fuck yes it would, bad example. That would work really well. A game set in the Vietnam War probably wouldn't work great for Powered by the Apocalypse, because that's a lot of, like, life or death, edge of the knife type confrontations, and Powered by the Apocalypse has a lot more like, ah, you rolled 2d6 and everything went fine. Right. Powered by the Apocalypse is just the telltale games of the tabletop world. (laughs) You're not wrong, and I'm still it makes excellent radio. Yeah, no, I'll go with that. I would probably very much enjoy it. I just feel like I'd need the right group. I wouldn't cuz I'm too granular. Right. I want to be more rules-light, but goddamn do I love spreadsheets. <laughs> it's not good.
0: Yes, yeah, so I think what what we're getting at is if you are going to do like mixy match, make sure that the intent behind the system matches the flavor of the setting
1: absolutely yeah Does that kind of sum it up exactly like i i don't think i would use the either of the uh, uh conan rpgs that have been created to actually play conan right because they're not great mongoose i love you that wasn't great Modolphus, i don't love you <laughs> <laughs> and that was some, bad some of the things you made are okay that wasn't great I've run Conan esque games, and I used an entirely different game. I found Iron Heroes; it's fun. Uh, but it, I, f- I found a different game that the the systems I like complement the story I wanted to tell. Right. And it's a good thing that you found a fantasy setting that's influenced by Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, Are you shut sure your dumb mouth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the last thing I had on here when it came to picking a setting is something I've thought about a lot with what I'm with the setting I'm making. I know it's not the subject, but it's something I thought about is um I called it lethality level and the things I have are here are when you're picking a setting you have to consider how willing your players are to lose a character cuz some players get really really attached to their character and if you put them in a high lethality setting like mm, only war
1: um, <laughs> okay so you're just kind of concerned about the intrinsic like difficulty of living in a world could be
0: right because if a, if you put a player that really loves to stick to one character and really invest a lot of their identity into it, into a setting with high lethality, that's going to be a bad time for that player. It can also be a bad time if you don't feel comfortable killing your your players.
1: These sound like players that should not be part of the Vietnam game, we're apparently going to make that. Right. Um, I did just get a copy of Revised Recon, so <laughs> uh, if you guys are down, but... Um, so, I don't know what that means. So I assume it's Nam. Non-
0: when yes. I would say when picking ask your players how they feel about that, particularly if they're new. Like, Matt, you know I habitually come to the table with extra sh- character sheets filled out because it, I don't mind losing characters. I think it's an interesting way to push the story forward, and if it happens, it's usually my dumb fault.
1: We, but, I, I would say that everyone at this in this conversation makes a habit of having at yeah. least one or two spare character ideas, and like preferably character sheets filled out. Just because we came up through the high-lethality era of RPGs. Right, but
0: in this era of 5th edition, where dying is hard, like, straight-up difficult, if you take someone who's just used to 5th edition and throw them in... um, Any OSR game. Yeah. Like,
1: throw them into into a funnel where they're expected Um, to lose, like, 11 characters before they get a functional one.
0: Right. If you throw them into one of those, they might not have as much fun as they would have in... Maybe modifying, like Matt said, an existing setting where there's, you know, a generally longer shelf life for characters.
1: And I don't have the attention level to actually get a character past, like, 5th level.
0: Right, so if you're dealing with us, it doesn't really matter.
1: But yeah, I'm like, no, this guy's boring. Can he be dead? I need a new dude.
0: <laughs> right, but I know some people, at, like, at work, I've heard some people say... Oh, not at work, I don't have worlds. I've heard some people say they wouldn't know what they'd do if their character died because that's all they, they've they thought about, Right. Not everyone has that, and I think it's important to establish how your characters feel about losing their, char- their your characters, your players feel about that before making your final pick for a pre-made setting.
1: Man, if we ever actually record episode one about death, it's gonna be good. Yeah, well, we'll save it for we need to we need to let those like. Coals kind of die down a little bit, so that we can just build tube? a new fire on top of them. Yeah, yeah. I think our issue here was trying to start with like the biggest. Thing. Yeah, that was a big. I think topic, our issue guys. here was that we recorded the first one on a rock band microphone. Hey, don't worry. The dog ate those. <laughs> anyway, oh, I'm sorry. He chewed them up. They're fine. Okay. Well, he's fine. They're not. <laughs> <laughs> the important one is fine. Yes. That is an amazing point and I want to take it one step farther because I think it's important to have a conversation with the uh, have an idea with the players about any major things that can happen in a in a setting like if you're playing with a setting where the goal is generally accepted to become the king of some place right. which is I'm going to go with any Conan or medieval uh, uh, sure. game the idea is that by the end of it you want to become a king mm-hmm. you want to have that that idea with the players so they understand beforehand that like
0: from day 1
1: yeah that that that's where you're leading them in the game or if like you're playing in I don't know why except that I just watched it uh Carnival Row where there's a lot of like vice and such going on you're you're going to be criminals Probably, Right. So you're going to be like, you need to Make say, sure hey, everyone's are you, okay with crime. Yeah, are you guys okay with crime, and are you guys okay with, like, people who are forced into a life of crime because they don't have any other options?
0: And, uh, sex with satyrs. Yes? No? That's not Yeah, where, you, where
1: are you guys on fucking that puck? Anyways. <laughs> 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 okay, right, that's um, where it's ending.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, that's a podcast.
1: Oh, jeez. Hey, well... Thanks again for listening, guys. Oh, um,
0: hey, guess what? It's time now. Subscribe and, Oh,
1: yes, we have plugs! Uh, Uh, We are on things now. It's up on iTunes. That's a real place. It should be up on Spotify by the time you hear this. Well, almost certainly, as well. Uh, We have both... We have many forms of contact. You can get to us. uh, We do have an email address. It's over at gmscreencast at gmail.com. No, it is dmscreencast. We changed the name. I'm sure someone noticed and has already told me about it. Yeah, Um, Uh, we are also over on Twitter. Same thing at DM screencast. Come ramble directly to our faces, and we'll feel free to join in.
0: And hey, um, subscribe and and, uh, review is important because that makes more people's eyes happen upon it. Oh yeah, he works at Apple. Like you
1: know these things. I don't work. Shut up. Beef that part out. (laughs) Yeah, but no, that's works.
0: Yes. Well No. Look.
1: He knows these things. Yeah. I don't pay attention to metrics. Yes. Yeah. There are numbers somewhere in the ether. Sus- SEO... No. Sus-
0: yeah, but yeah, subscribe.
1: Rate well, like us. Skyrim?
0: Well, please.
1: And ask us um, questions, because it, we yeah. want to answer them. We want to answer them and... and yeah, we're going to us- run out of ideas eventually. Viewer feedback is going to be very important. Yes,
0: here. and helping us be more visible is a great way for us to get more questions, more interesting stuff to do. Um, so, thanks, as always, for tuning in with us. Yeah.
1: I'm Matt. That- I'm Alex. I'm Robert. And as always, don't split the party.